Photography Festival. Expose Art. Exposure Photography Festival. Pulse 95. Live at Expo Center Sharjah. Live at Expo Center Sharjah. This is Aisha and Mazmin here with me are Hani Balqis and Rania Saadi. And we have our first photographer of the day and of the hour, Ilya Lacardi. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. It's great having you here. And uh, Hani actually just watched you talk about your exhibition a little bit at the inauguration ceremony so i need to throw it off to atani who was super excited <laughs> earlier in the hour to talk very emotional as well yes oh. yes it was great watching you talk and i love that you're a world travel photographer mm. since 2009 and you've traveled to over 65 countries now i want to ask you which country stood out to you the most you know, it's, it's interesting too, it's a multi-part answer. I think a lot of people have this idea of a bucket list, right? Like mm. we visit somewhere and we scratch it off. But yeah. for me, uh, I would have been to more countries, but I, I tend to fall in love with almost all of them. And then plan trips back, meet people, go to different regions. Um, I think closest to my heart is still Southeast Asia um, and the communities there. Uh, Japan is just so beautiful. For landscapes, Iceland, just there's some power. Like even in the wind, you feel this energy. Mm. It's kind of one of those questions if you tell me where to get the best coffee, where's the nicest mountain, yeah. right. where's the nicest water, I'll make recommendations. Now you capture things to inspire people. And why? What kind of inspiration are you looking to give to people when you take those, these photographs? Well, that's kind of evolved over time. I think it started with the desire to see these places myself. I never traveled when I was younger, um, but I really wanted the images to speak for themselves. So I treat the locations as if they're alive and I'm trying to do them justice. And I do that with elements, weather, lighting, things like that, so that they really communicate a sense of emotion, a feeling, you know, maybe you've been to Italy and you have all these great experiences that so it brings back that emotional feeling, or maybe it's somewhere you've always wanted to visit. And I'm trying to capture that emotion, encapsulate it. And that, you know, sort of inspire people to get out yeah. there and, and have a good experience. Ilya, let's take you back a little bit. Uh, when and where did your love and passion for photography ignite from, let's say? Well, photography I got into as a complete accident. I, I decided to be an animator and I had all these high hopes working in Hollywood. And oh. then 80 hour work weeks, uh, not so great. But <laughs> yeah. when I was a kid, I, man, I read National Geographic. I was looking at these photos. Um, my grandmother would always say like, you're destined to travel. And I never thought I could. And we're faced with the opportunity when I started traveling and prioritizing that, I picked up a camera and I, I just, something happened. How you old know? were you? Uh, when I picked when up the first, camera, yeah, picked up the camera. I would have been 29. Wow, in 29. 2009. Okay, yeah. yeah, very good. So, so you said something in your talk that I really liked. You said that photography to you is a universal language to connect the world. Now, how can we use that language to connect that world? So it's it, we always say, well, don't. It is easy to say that yeah. photography is an international way of communicating. It's a visual communication, a language that we can understand because it doesn't have any words. It yeah. speaks for itself. But what's been my experience is I've connected to thousands of people and now so many are personal friends because of the shared love of photography. Yeah. So it's not just that we're looking at each other's photos, it's I'm going to these countries and they're like, hey, come see my village, let's go take photos. And that has transcended borders, religions, everything. And it just, it brings us to the same level of the shared love. And it's different, like you can't find a comparison. You could say like sports, but then we're gonna argue about teams, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. uh, pizza, we can never agree on that. We like pizza, but no toppings. Pineapples so, on pizza. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm also Italian, so they'll kick me out if I say I actually like it. <laughs> I'll revoke my citizenship for that. Um, yeah, so it's just this this way that we connect and we speak the same language and, and just drop all guards and, and it's a foot in the door to anywhere. 
And is that the reason why you are focusing more on landscape over, for example, maybe uh, portraits and getting <laughs> right into the person's face and whatnot? I think that the desire to see these beautiful places and that love of just travel inspired the landscape cityscape stuff mm -hmm. and now through the project moments in time the show that we're producing and creating i'm getting to learn from the people that inspired me and they are portrait artists and i'm like i'm trying to take photos with them and they're teaching me so i'm, I'm getting better at those things um, but i think i just got so focused on landscape i kind of had this sort of block like a mm -hmm. construct like i'm not good at this i'm good at this but now i'm trying to learn um, and then, you know, when I feel like it's okay, maybe I'll share some of them. <laughs> they are amazing photographs. I did see the landscape pictures. Uh, something that really stood out to me was uh, in Japan, Tokyo, the robot restaurant. Can you tell us a little bit more about the robot restaurant? Yeah, oh, so the crowd, was going, pictures of the crowd was going wild when yeah. you put is up it, that footage. Is it the one with the big mechas and whatnot? Oh, yeah, no, no, no. There's like total robot anime, oh, wow. pyrotechnics, epic battles and everything. <laughs> so it's, it's one of those things where we're making a show about photography. We're talking to the photographers there. We're learning stuff. And then we're also doing experiences. And the robot restaurant in Tokyo, Tokyo is something that, I mean, you'll never see like someone from Tokyo go see it. I mean, it's all Westerners and everything, but it's a touristic place. It was just like, I didn't have, I, I thought I was going to hate it. And then I ended up loving it. And it was just such a weird, fun experience. Uh, and what was really cool, like if you look at the video, if you watch Moments in Time, all of the actors, since we had a camera on a gimbal, like they were like performing for us because yeah. they want you to take photos. They were like, you know, so all of them are looking at us doing their, their dances or, or killing each other with swords or <laughs> explosions and lasers. Yeah, it's a really, really neat thing. And so, it's a restaurant, they serve food as well, so yeah. that's pretty cool. Yeah, you can select your food. Um, there, there are all sorts of drinks you can order. And oh yeah, they, it, it's, it's always the entertainment and quality of entertainment in Japan is always, is always spot on. So when you're taking a photo, what elements do you keep in mind before you take a photo? Because well, there are, I believe there are seven elements of photography, right? Do you follow those or? Oh God, I hate the photography rules. <laughs> no, it's- You don't so, go by the rules. No, it's not that. It's like That's the good. first thing they say is here are the photography rules, right? but you have to learn when to break them, you know? Right. So it's right. like, here's some yeah. rules that you loosely follow. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's kind of for me for the for what at least I showed in this and, and a lot of what's in my portfolio is very big and iconic. Mm -hmm. um, what I'm really looking for is uh, a combination usually of natural and artificial light. That's why you'll see things at the blue hour. It's not quite dark, but you see the light from the buildings. And then I think about seasons. Is it, can snow make this better? Can the fall colors? You know, are there flowers in the spring? And then the weather. You know, sometimes it takes years to get a thunderstorm. You have yeah. to follow the seasons and figure out you know the positions of the sun and the weather patterns. And then you can start to sort of figure out, is this going to be an epic thunderstorm? Is that going to create a different mood? Or is this just going to be, you know, a sunset? And then if it's just a sunset, um, you know, I'm from Florida. We have awesome sunsets all Florida the time. Florida here too. Awesome. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, you know, like Miami, Florida, yeah. our skies like, yeah. are nothing like it, man. And that yeah. color blue, but it's, uh, you know, so we're used to it. But in parts of the world, those epic sunsets maybe happen once every other month or something too. So we're waiting, waiting, waiting and trying to predict the weather to get them. Yeah. On the same note, uh, is there like a particular story or a day, a very interesting day that you will never forget? Um, you wanted to take a, a, a specific photo and then you had to go through certain measures or in order for you to take a, or just one photo, for example. Oh, that's such a hard question. Oh. I mean, it's, you know, sometimes it's... Like you're just talking about thunderstorms and stuff. So, so you had to wait for something to happen and... There was this time, and uh, I've, I've been to Venice many times, and I, yeah. um, 
uh, Ponte Academia, the Academia Bridge. It's a wooden bridge. Right. Um, at sunrise and, and certain times of year in the fall and in the mm -hmm. spring, uh, if you position yourself right, the sun, the ball, the sun comes up right on the canal between the buildings. And for years I was trying to get this, but I didn't just want the sunrise, you know, we're greedy as landscape photographers. I want the sunrise <laughs> and then I want beautiful clouds on top and I want perfect <laughs> conditions. You want it all. And I was like, four years I tried. And then on the fourth year I was like, you know what, let's just shoot sunset here. And a thunderstorm came in. Oh! Amazing. And I was like, so the, for four years I had this particular vision and then I, I didn't even think about, you know, the opposite. So I was like stuck. And it, it, it taught me a lesson that, you know, I can't be confound to or confined to. A specific set of ideas. I have to be flexible because that's the nature of the world and weather in, in general. Amazing. Absolutely. Now you say that you try to always incorporate cultural elements into your photographs. How do you do that? I try. I do my best, but it, it, I also try to do it um, with no people. Mm. You know, because I think now post COVID we're going to have a, a slow growth. You know, back uh, Lunar New Year with China was postponed. Things mm. like that. Mm -hmm. um, it's, I want to feel like you could walk into it because we've all gone to places like we've gone to Rome and gone to the Colosseum and there's a million people taking selfies. There's a guy in a gladiator outfit, you know, and they're selling you everything. That's not, the, that's not what you want to feel when you go to a place. Mm -hmm. So we go really early in the morning, we capture it, you know, free of people. So the cultural elements are easy when we think about the Eiffel Tower, the Colosseum. In Iceland, it's, it's some of the epic waterfalls, the mountains. These have become their Eiffel Tower, their version. With that time in Japan, the, sh the photo that I showed from Fujiyoshia, it was a rare case where I could put a pagoda, uh, Mount Fuji, and then time it with the cherry blossoms. It took me three years to wow. capture that right wow. because during the cherry blossom season, it can be turbulent. We've had mm -hmm. frost or, or it, like the windstorm can come in and the cherries, they call it the Sakura apocalypse. They're just all gone in one day. Mm. So it's it's sort of timing that. Mm. And uh, that's the way that I can kind of do that. And, and then I feel like I always try to represent something in a positive way. You know, so that even areas that are sort of a little controversial or anything, like it doesn't mean that they're not controversial. It's just there is, I feel like there's beauty in everything if you know where to look. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of patience that you keep kept on um, mentioning throughout your entire journey. And I have to ask this question, did, did, did you always have that patience or did you have to learn it as you took more <laughs> photographs and got into it? Because I personally have little to no patience. So <laughs> I want to know, can I learn that on the job? Um, yeah, and it's, uh, my wife would say that I'm a very impatient person. Um, you know, it's it's not something that you learn, it's just sometimes when you, you see potential, mm -hmm. you're willing to wait. And a lot of that is the result of personal work, not client work. I You know, I can't tell a client or like a camera company that, hey, I need about a year and a half to get this photo for this <laughs> yeah. camera that's coming out. Not going to happen. Mm -hmm. So that's the result of, of being in the world. We, we spent five years location independent with no home. So we were able to stay in places, go back to places. Wow. Um, I don't know if it's patience so much as obsession or something. Mm -hmm. Both work. But it's it's tough. As an artist, there, you know, there's so much failure and there's so much doubt and second guessing that it's something that we all go through. And, and that's just going to be a, a natural cycle. And that's that's for everybody. Mm -hmm. um, anybody that you see at Exposure today, they can they can tell you about all the times that it didn't work or the yeah. times that they were disappointed. So you have to be, I think, willing to embrace the random and and sort of accept the changes as they come. Mm -hmm. well, that's super interesting, though. So I, basically, what you're saying that there, if I get into it, there is hope for me at least <laughs> to perhaps extend that patience, or maybe the obsession will take over, or like at least my love for t photography will give me that patience to search out this beautiful picture or the perfect picture.
Oh yeah, and caffeine helps. (laughs) (laughs) You're talking my language. (laughs) So tell us, now that you brought up exposure, what is your uh, contribution to this photography festival? Um, man, it's it's so hard for me to answer that because I I've been lucky. This is my second time here, and. I think that it's always a shock to me that I'm on the same stage that some of my photography heroes are on. Mm. Oh, these people that are on on the front line, literally, front line, you mm-hmm. know, showing this stuff, uh, telling these stories that need to be told from people who can't tell their stories. And yeah. I, I don't know. I think, I think I'm just trying to inspire people to understand that they can do something. I mean, anybody that you see here, and that's something I try to tell people, like everybody that you see here on the stage, no matter how many years they've been doing this, 40 years, mm-hmm. they didn't start out saying, I want to be a famous photographer standing on the stage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nobody did. They started out as, I want to go here and, and make a difference. Mm-hmm. And then things started to happen. And that's the same thing with landscape photography. If yeah. you're saying, you know, hey, I want to be a famous landscape photographer, you know, you're probably not going to learn your patience. Absolutely. And when you start getting into it, you might find what really makes you passionate, mm-hmm. you know, and that that's sort of it. And Mother Teresa has a great quote. She says, if you can't do big things, do little things in a big way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what all that we're really trying to do is is find these things, the little ways that we can help and, and do the best we can. Yeah. And before we wrap up, I want you to tell us, especially since you, as a person, you got into it, you picked up your first uh, camera when you're 29. Yeah. A lot of people think that they're running out of time. I'm 26, and all of us like in our 20s and our 30s, we're like, no, time is running out. What do you want to tell those people? When can they start? How can you push them towards that? Oh, man. I'm, I'm, I'm 40 last year. I don't think I've grown a bit. I mean, <laughs> I look older, but I'm still as immature as ever. You know, have the same passion. It's not... Th- th- it, there's no, it's never too late. Mm-hmm. I think in my life I've I've gone through a lot of a lot of things, a lot of tragedy, a lot of things that have been transformative. Mm-hmm. I think now we're all sharing this transformative time. We've all had some experience with COVID, whether positive, negative, or in between. And I think now is the best time. And all you have to do is try. You just have to take one step forward. You want to learn guitar, start playing. You want to learn piano, you just have to make time for it. Better late than never. Yeah, there's yeah. never. It's never too late to do something. If somebody says it's already all been done, don't listen to them. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I feel like a lot of people in this generation, they they're, they're kind of a push to do more because of social media, etc. Mm-hmm. And uh, very wise words by you. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. It was great well, having you. I, I just want to ask one last question before sure. we wrap up, and this is going to be a very technical one. Can you, from your point of view, can you make a living just by becoming a Ooh, photographer? That's a good one. Oh, well, yeah, yes. I mean, if you, uh, weddings, portraiture, there are so many paths for photography, um, you know, as, as a career. For landscapes in particular, usually the best landscape photographers that I've met are engineers or they've done something else. And I think that with landscape photography, you have to start with the, uh, you know, the mentality that I just want to be in nature and I want to create the best photos. And then when you do that and you're just being honest with your voice, you, you start to attract the right people. Mm-hmm. And photography is just like any other thing in the world in business. It's all about relationships, connections, people mm. that you meet, and, and being open to that. You know, you have to embrace that yeah. that community and reach out to it, and then it just starts to grow from there. But the most important thing, you want to be a photographer, you got to start taking photos first. 100%. Beautiful words. Well, we had with us here the internationally acclaimed professional travel photographer, writer, experienced public speaker, and highly skilled educator, Mr. Elia Locardi. So it was a pleasure having you with us, Mr. Elia. Oh, it's a pleasure for me, too. Thank you. Thank you, and hope you enjoy your time here at Exposure 2021. Awesome. Well, stay with us. We have more coming up on Pulse 95. So stay with us and stick around. We will be back in just a few minutes.